listening to Chill Time with Will Moore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm your host, William Moore, and this is Chill Time is Will Time. I'd like to once again thank all my listeners um, for being loyal listeners and uh, just kind of being patient and wait, waiting till uh, you know the, my next episode drops. You guys know that I never like to just kind of put content out there just to put content out there, but I like to be thoughtful about the episodes and interviews, interviews that I do and the people that I bring onto the show because I always like to not only give people... Um, insight into my world and my my way of thinking, um, but also um, other interesting, uh, you know, activities or thought processes or ways of life or individuals that I come in contact uh, on an everyday basis, um, or just anybody that I find that is involved in something that is you know interesting can carry on a great conversation and can really open up people's eyes to a new a new a new world out there. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this next guest. Um, her and I have kind of gone back and forth for playing, you know, phone tag or message tag for almost for like almost a year now. Um, and we have finally just, you know, gotten really gotten our schedules to match so that we could at least do this interview remotely. Um, and so, uh, you guys know how I like to do. I always let my guests introduce themselves. So without further ado, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, ma'am. All right. Great. Thank you so much for having me here, William. I'm very excited. My name is Freya, uh, Freya Inanna. And, um, yep, I think William is right that it probably took us the better part of a good 10 to 12 months to figure out schedules, um, mostly because of my... Uh, my work schedule. So a little bit about my background, both professionally and athletically, and um, I can I can share a little bit about that. Um, I work in uh, very high-stress environments in software sales. I have done that for a very long time. I've also, on the side, launched several side projects, including a digital magazine um, and some more things that I can share with you going forward as a part of, I would say, a tie back to uh, to yoga and to the idea of uh, bringing a beginner's mind into things. So I travel globally. I travel almost every week. Um, and um, my calendar can be quite complicated to get on, so I appreciate the patience. I live in the Twin Cities area, um, call this place home for a while. And uh, but definitely have a, a major major travel bug. So thank you for having me on here. I'm very thrilled. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was kind of uh, excited that we could finally get it down. And um, like she says, she travels a lot. If anybody um, you know follows uh, the the podcast into Instagram page, um, you may see her on there. She has somebody that I'm connected to on there, and there's always these awesome pictures of her, like at all these different beautiful places around the world. Um, places that I definitely need to make, you know, make it a point to get to myself. Um, <clears throat> I hope you can. I hope you can. Yeah, for sure. But I want to, uh, I kind of want to cut, you know, kind uh, of, can I, can I just get into the nitty gritty? So what I, I you know, I kind of talked to you about offline and what I want to make sure the listeners know is like, uh, what many of my listeners, uh, who that know me already know is I have, uh, I am into yoga. Um, I've been doing it, you know, for a little bit over a year now consistently. Um, it's something that I kind of, 
just kind of accidentally fell into. I've always been a, a heavy, you know, weight lifter, a power lifter, because I was a semi-pro football player. Um, that has just retired recently. Um, but I kind of jumped into yoga because I was having some IT band issues, went to the doctor because it was so bad that I kind of almost couldn't, couldn't move. I couldn't get up. Once I sat down, I couldn't get up because my thighs hurt me so bad. And so, you know, with talking to my doctor, she was kind of like, well, you need to take a couple, you know, you need to, how often are you lifting heavy with your legs and stuff like that? And, you know, she decided, you know, you need to take some days off. You need to take a couple months off, actually, from lifting. I was like, yeah. I can't do that. Whoa. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, well, days yeah. off? Are you joking? Exa right. Ex yeah. Exactly. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, season is right around the corner. And she's like, well, you got to do something. Because she's like, you're not moving well. Your legs are in, like, in terrible shape. You know, you know, the pain is excruciating. And we got to find some way to get you loose. And so I was just kind of, to be honest with you, I was just kind of throwing stuff out there to avoid her telling me that I couldn't do anything. Like, I, I could be yeah. honest with you, I wasn't all that serious about, like, getting started doing yoga and stuff. So I'm, like, throwing out all these things, and I'm sure. like, what about yoga? Whatever. Because yoga is actually something that I tried maybe, I can't even say I gave it, like, a, a real try. I'd say about six, seven years ago. No, longer than that. Nine years ago. I went after lifting heavy with a, a couple of my friends at the gym. We kind of went into this yoga class, uh, hour-long yoga class at the end of already doing like an hour-long workout and kind of just jumped in it just to just do it. You know what I mean? Weren't taking it serious. And so, you know, we as it, with anything that you don't necessarily take serious, um, it doesn't grow on you. You don't really give it a chance. Well, <clears throat> this time I actually had to actually give it a chance. Even though I wasn't, you know, I was just kind of half-heartedly throwing an idea out there. She's like, great, do it. And so, you know, task with the, um, you know, the or, or having it sit, you know, weighing on my mind that either, either I have to take this serious and it's going to work so that my, you know, the pain leaves my legs and I can be ready for the beginning of the season or I don't and I have to take time off. I actually attended a yoga class and like researched all these apps on my, uh, my iPhone and downloaded a decent app and I was like okay I'm gonna actually give yoga a shot and I kid you not after the first two classes were that I actually took serious um I actually loved it and before wow. yeah and then before I knew it I like I guess it was like three weeks into it I you know it was kind of like an afterthought I was like wait a second I was like my legs haven't been killing me at all and so, yeah. yeah, that's when I realized, like, it had worked. And then I started kind of, you know, doing more reading on it and learning about all these extra benefits and stuff like that. Anyway, long story short, I got into yoga. I loved it. And I decided that I wanted to do a podcast series on yoga um, and interview a lot of different instructors and stuff like that. And just for them to give their perspective on what is yoga to them and what has it uh, 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 done for their life? And so, in essence, I guess that's the first question that I want to throw at you. Like, what is yoga to you? Yeah. What um, What a, a beautiful introduction to, to the question, which we could probably spend the whole entire conversation just simply talking about what does yoga mean to me and what does yoga mean to you? Because yoga has a way of... Um, being much more than a physical activity as you know we know that yoga is a physical practice which is the asana practice 
but yoga actually has many other pillars to it. Um, and it, it has a way of um, becoming something that influences the rest of your life in very positive ways. So thank you for, for telling me a little bit about that. I, what, what I kind of hear in it is something a little bit similar to, to my background. So for your listeners, I um, was a very competitive soccer player in my youth. Um, I uh, actually turned down D1 scholarships to pursue um, academics because at the time uh, for women in sports, there, there really just wasn't a huge financial future. So I placed my bets in academia and I left the athletic world. But of course, you can never really take the competitor out of the person. You, you always seem to have that sort of athletic drive. Right, you just channel um, so it somewhere I, else. Yeah, you channel it somewhere else. So I spent uh, many years after I ended my... Um, um, I'm not sure if you can still hear me, but yep, I, I yep. spent many years after that really exploring different sports and different things that I can do to keep myself physically active. And I ran uh, distance running... Um, of course, you know, this was many years ago, so I was also doing things like step classes and all that kind of aerobic stuff that was, that was big at the time. Um, and I never really found anything that gave me both a physical, um, a, a physical feeling of having truly accomplished a full body participatory exercise with a sense of calm. And so what yoga, where yoga came in and parallel to what you experienced is that after so many years of competitive sports and then so many years of distance running, um, my back was in really bad shape and I didn't know that I had uh, fused vertebrae and terrible shin splints and all kinds of other things that you, as an athlete, you're, you're going to accumulate these things, of course. And um, I had tried yoga before. Of, of course, you know, everybody has kind of dabbled in it at some point in time. And I um, started on a, a health journey that did not include yoga at first but included some other things like more mindfulness practice, uh, eating differently, and I can certainly get into those in, you know, later in the conversation. So I made a choice at a certain point in time that I really wanted to find something that was no longer going to hit on that competitive need, um, but that still gave me a physical practice. And I landed in a hot room doing a yoga practice and I was hooked from that first class. I'm probably 2,000 classes in, and I do have a daily practice. And I would say that, and I can tell you all about the different areas, but for me, yoga has literally saved my life mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. It is truly something that it's so hard when you're looking on the outside to think to yourself, how in the world is 60 minutes of doing weird things with your body going to create that kind of balance in the rest of your life? And when you, when you do it and you sit in it and you practice it, it really 
can do those things for you. So yoga for me is like drinking water. It's like practicing something every day that I know is going to be good for me physically and mentally. It's going to bring balance. It allows me to tackle the hard things in my life with grace and see them as potentially positive. It helps me to enjoy the positive things. Um, there's so many ways in which it reverberates through my life uh, that I, I'm simply just grateful that, that I have it. Now, I also um, recently incorporated CrossFit, so I'm starting to, to lift and do other things in addition to that, as if I didn't need um, more time for fitness, but um, <laughs> yoga is... Yoga, Yoga is a is a love. It's a it's like a like a beating heart in your life that once you start to to tap into it, you realize it, it all the different ways that it positively impacts your life that aren't just physical. Yeah, so I'll tell you like one thing for two two things that you kind of touched on in what you said that were the unexpected um, hooks for me. Um, so obviously, like I said, I started to do it for. My, the whole point to me starting to do it was for the physical benefit, for like pain relief and kind of, you know, loosen up some of the tight tendons and muscles and stuff in my legs that were causing me issues so that I could still perform at a high level um, come football season. But it was the mental, emotional and spiritual aspect that actually kind of hooked me to it. I started to notice um, little changes in my thought process. Little changes in the way I felt emotionally. Um, and then the, a, a larger component that started to make a little bit more sense to me during my reading about about the discipline. Um, the spiritual component. Um, because those, those that know me know that I am not um, really a religious person. Um, I've talked about that many times about my issues with like organized religion. But I do consider myself to be somewhat spiritual because I do believe in a higher power. It's just some of the confines and rules and regulations and stuff of organized religion is where I start to, you know, break off on my own path. And I started to, I just, I didn't expect something that I'd always seen as, that was supposed to just be a workout, start to manifest or, or create um, these subtle changes in thought processes and my, my feelings and and stuff down the road, you know, along in a process. And that is something that I'm still, like, I'm still working on because it, it, it to me it is indeed a process. And at, you know, 37 years old and only been doing it for a year, like, you're not going to completely erase or rewire 37, you know, 36 years of the way you do things or the way you react to things, especially when we want to talk about past traumas and all that type of stuff at the snap of a finger. Um, but the way it's, it's been able to force me to kind of look within and almost be like meditation through movement has really been something that, um, I don't know. It just really kind of kind of captivated me and grabbed me. And it's also I'm a person, like you said, very competitive and and I love a challenge. And that's turned into a challenge for me, too. It's 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 challenging me to look within myself to figure out the answers to these things that I, you know, have these this, this inward conflict with versus looking outward like we're always 
taught or trained to do. Can you can you talk yeah. a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think that that is a spot on point. Um, yoga is not easy, right? So it's no, not at all. It's right. It's accessible to everybody and to everybody at every stage in life, which is what makes it so unique that your body can be in physical motion doing things that will help to improve it wherever it is, your body. And yet, at the same time, it can challenge you beyond yourself physically, but the crux of it really is that you can never write down a yoga score someplace. It's not like you go to the yoga studio and you're like, oh yeah, man, I lifted like 350 deadlift today and last week was 375. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing very well, right? right you right. don't have that in yoga. And so the challenge becomes a personal inside job about am I breathing? Am I distracted by other people's noises? Am I focused on the moment right now? And that helps you to um, not just necessarily push yourself further in a pose, but also know when you need to scale back. Right. And to me, the way that I summarize that, what you just described in my practice and what I bring, what I try very hard to bring in every other area of my life is that practice makes practice more practicable. I have no place to go or to get other than my own internal voyage. And that might mean sometimes I do something that's harder than what someone else can do, and sometimes it's not as hard as what someone else can do. And as a, as a competitor, that's okay with me because I know that it's only with myself that I'm that I'm grappling with the things. And it's created a lot more inner peace. You know, maybe that's a little bit overused and people might be kind of like confused as to what that actually means. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't leave a yoga practice like, oh shoot, I should have done better today. Every time I leave a yoga practice, I feel like I'm accomplished enough just as I am and the way that I navigate my life then allows me to patiently respond to other things. Okay, so so, so, so tell me this yeah. thing. Because another question just came to me after hearing you say that. So, so real quick, think about you practicing yoga now versus when you first started, right? Yeah. What about all of that precipitated the most growth in you when it comes to yoga? Oh, well, I, I believe in consistency for sure okay so every single practice that you can create in your life that would um produce some sort of a change requires consistency i I think everybody would probably agree with that um you can't show up to your mat just one day and expect your life to have massive changes right just as you can't start eating more broccoli and expect your organs to be healthier. You, you have to do things over time to see the results. So just like a drip, you know, a drop of water consistently dropping on a stone can erode 
the most brittle or hard stone, that's sort of the way that yoga releases your body and your tension and your inability to let go of other things in life. So for me, consistency is key, and that can mean different things for different people. Um, that could mean three times a week or five times a week or once a week or whatever, but that's probably the biggest part. And then if you layer on top of the consistency and the analogy back to like lifting, for example, is that you can do a tree pose or a warrior two pose or shavasana, you know, 10,000 times and every time is and will be different. And so what that teaches you is that flexibility in your mind versus what you expect things should be is what really becomes the biggest, uh, the biggest change that takes some time to really realize. That's, I'm not sure if I quite answered your question. But no, no. You know what? what? You kind of did. And the reason I'm kind of... So what you said there the last like 10 seconds kind of um, elicited a little bit of like like excitement for me. Like epiphany, and the and the reason of the reason for that it why um, for for that is, I just finished reading. So I read a Buddha Dharma, um, mm-hmm. and so I just finished reading the article and the last issue that just talked about, you know, it just kind of focuses on Buddhist principles and stuff like that, and it just kind of talked about one of the biggest issues that we as human beings have is um, the expectation that we have for others or for life of how things should be versus having an expectation for them to be just what they are. Yes. And so why I say that is because I feel like for me, whether you meant it to or not, the connection for me was what you said versus what I read was, like you said, you got to have that mental dexterity or flexibility. Like each and every time I should expect it just to unfold the way that it just unfolds. I shouldn't have an expectation for it to be, um, in some preconceived way of which I want it to be. Exactly. And, and, and that's, I, I mean, that's exactly it. Okay. And, and that is extremely, I guess, important for me right now, because lately, especially too, over like the past couple of months, I've gone through a hu- absolute huge transition, um, in life that really kind of, that really kind of like knocked me on my ass in a way. Um, professionally, everything yeah. had been going great, but in my personal life, things were kind of just kind of got turned upside down in a way, in a a way that I didn't expect either. I did not see it coming. Um, Right. And I think a great deal of that may be because of what I expected to go or how I expected things to be versus accepting things to be just as they are. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, things shouldn't be any other way than they are for the simple reason that they aren't. And yet we spend an inordinate amount of our lives wishing things to be different instead of simply embracing how they are and then making choices based on that. Right, with right. Grace. Right, right. And, and like you, I am not a religious person at all. Um, I'll just say, say that out loud. But I do believe very much in the connectedness in an unconditionally loving universe and in our ability to navigate that as unconditionally loved beings. And to bring it back to yoga, 
yoga gives you a space in which you can practice that physically because if you go in with an expectation of your body to perform a certain way in yoga, your body will perform exactly as your body wants to perform in that particular moment. And yoga allows you the time and the space to feel what that feels like to allow your body to be just as it is. And so that, that then goes into every other aspect of your life if you want it to. Right. I think too, as we, as we like, you know, dig into this a little bit deeper, I think that was one of the more difficult challenges too that I faced in my practice is because, you know, being a competitive athlete, I expected my body to perform a certain way. I expected to be able to hold poses a certain way. I expected to show some, yeah. you know, a certain amount of flexibility. I even expected or I was disappointed when, you know, I would get in some poses that were just difficult and I couldn't maintain my breathing like I wanted to. And so, yeah. you know, all those things, like I would leave a session feeling like I got a great workout, but I was like, I don't know if that was good, that that wasn't great. Instead of focusing on the fact of if any of those things don't go the way that they that I expected them to, like that is okay. As a matter of fact, I should be going into expecting that for the thing, for everything to to unfold exactly as it was supposed to. That it was it's the mental yeah. part is what I'm supposed to be focusing on. And as I focus more on the mental part, everything else will fall into place. Yeah, and that's the that's the consistency part that comes to play. Because it's like a softening. Um, and that softening then of the mind, that flexibility of the mind allows your body to be more playful in the movements. And the more the body can play in the movements and the less it's focused on a performance, the more you're enjoying the yoga or the movement or whatever else you're doing after your yoga. And the more you're able to take that sort of flexibility other places. And um, one of the things that it has really helped me to learn very deeply, and I can tell you that this is not easy to learn. This has been very difficult for me. And, 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 you know, I've gone through quite a bit in the last few years, and I, I really do believe yoga has saved my life. But this, the, the capability of being able to hold two opposing viewpoints, you know, like if you imagine them as, like, things you can hold in your hand, and you have one viewpoint in your right hand and one viewpoint in your left hand, and they're opposite, and you can look at both of them and you can say, I can see how one of these might be right. The practice of yoga allows you to do this because it lets you soften your mind into what you are in the moment and you no longer need to hold on to things and clutch on to them as much as you were potentially doing before. Right. Wow. That's... um. I feel like that's just a, kind of like a timely, it's like a timely conversation for me to be having at the moment. Yeah, I mean, 2019 was, I mean, excuse my language, but for most people, it was fucking shit. Most of us <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I, I mean, I swear a lot in my real life. Most of us had emotional upheavals. We... We changed fundamental things about the way that we viewed the world. We ended major relationships. We moved. We questioned 
ourselves. We quested, and through those things, we probably were scared. We probably didn't know if anything would ever work out again. Um, and the truth of it is, is that I think that was just an energetic shakeup that needed to happen. And 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 I I believe that those things happen every once in a while where there's like a major. There's like a major year where a lot of people, and I'm generalizing, I don't know if statistics are actually out there to back up what I'm saying, um, but my, my general opinion is that most of the people that I've conversed with had similar things in 2019, and if you look at how, you know, how someone emerges from those, you'll see patterns in the things that they do. Um, that allow them to not have less obstacles than someone else, but rather handle those obstacles differently. Right, right. Than someone who's maybe flailing in them. For sure, for sure. And I think, again, kind of coming back to myself, I think that that's something that I'm really learning how to do. Um, and, and the lessons that I think have always kind of been there, but for some reason they're they're being they're they're being made more clear now because. You know, just as that link that I kind of brought to your um, the, the, the link that I kind of brought to your attention about what you said and what I read. The funny thing about it is, I happen to remember um, just before uh, a good friend of mine met his wife, his now wife. I remember he was kind of going through at the time. Him and I were kind of hanging out in Bloomington, and uh, on a Friday, no, maybe like a Saturday, Friday or Saturday night. And he was just kind of having some uh, some dating issues or whatnot. And it's funny because one of the things that I always lived by, um, especially when it came to people, when you look at it and you think about what we just talked about now, it applies to life in general. And one of the things I told him that, you know, kind of help him get through that, I said, dude, I said, one of the things that you always need to remember is... People will always do whatever it takes to make themselves happy. If it is about making you happy or being good to you, they're going to do that. If it's about treating you like crap or being bad to you, they're going to do that too. But the bottom line is like accept things as they are. Don't go into don't go into it having an expectation for people to be how you want them to be or how you think it should be. Expect them to be exactly what they are. And little did I know that I would need to hear that same advice to myself, you know, almost, you know, like years later, but apply yeah. it at a more, you know, at a, at a larger, a larger viewer, like and make it more of a blanket statement just about life and its obstacles in general. And I wish that I, you know, everything happens on its own when it's supposed to or is revealed when it's supposed to. Um, but it's just like, you know, reading that. You know, earlier this past week, and then like you know, sitting here talking to you, and it's just like, it's just like when you're practicing, like like I said, when you're practicing yoga, like the answers are within. It's about you peeling back the layers to reveal them to yourself. Yeah. And it's like I always had the answer, yeah. and I, I I needed to to peel back layers to reveal it to myself. Yeah, and that's a great way of putting it, and and I think too. Um, we often give the advice that we most need to hear. For so sure. it's interesting, it's interesting that, that you would recognize that, you know, whenever anyone comes to me for advice or conversation, 
Um, I, I always caveat it by saying I will probably say things that I also need to hear. So to filter that through um, the perspective of I, I don't feel like I am morally or spiritually or physically superior to anybody, we're all somewhere along the journey um, with different things that we can learn from each other. For sure. So I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And if you, if you kind of circle it back to the physical part of what, how yoga does that or, or how, that, how that practice um, can allow you to open up those doors, um, I do think that one of, the, one of the interesting physical benefits, at least certainly in my experience, which was that when I, when I re-embraced yoga or I embraced it fully was a couple of years after my son was born, and my son is now 11, and for the first three and a half years, uh, I breastfed my son three and a half years exclusively for the first year while maintaining a travel schedule for my business that had me on the road almost all the time um, and very little sleep. And I was very burned out by year four. And I was going on three to four hours of continuous was sleep for four years um, and I I knew that I had to do something differently for myself I knew that I needed to find a way to um, be present with myself even though I couldn't articulate those words at the time what I knew was that when I entered into a yoga studio that I had 60 minutes of no one being able to reach me no phone call from, you know, my, my babysitter, no phone call from my ex-husband, nobody at work telling me I needed to do something. It was 60 minutes I had for myself. And I know that sounds um, kind of, it, it, I think there are a lot more people in that situation. I don't think that, that what I was living was unique in any way. And so it gave me a place to carve out that 60 minutes of breathing. And it's amazing whether you do it in a formal yoga studio or you do it at home, what protecting 60 minutes to allow you to focus on your breathing and your centering, what that will do. And then you layer in the asanas and you layer in the other things. But even if you just simply go there and lay down in Shavasana for 60 minutes, that is a revolution in and of itself. For sure, for sure. So, yoga itself as a practice is like, is grown in popularity. If I think about, you know, how visible it is or how much I know about it since I started, you know, participating in it, but even before I started participating in it, like years ago versus now, there's so many people who are who are getting involved in it. There's studios all over the place. Um, it's even in schools now, which which I think is awesome. Um, I, matter of fact, is a part of my job um, in chronic disease prevention. Um, I actually help fund uh, uh, different programs in the local public school system around yoga and and, and, and stuff like that. But the other side of that, yeah, the other side of that is like this commercialization which I don't quite know how I feel about that because like 
I don't know. Like, I try to not... Especially being somebody who hasn't been doing it very long. Like I said, like, barely over a year. I try to not sound like some, like, elitist or purist or whatnot. But I'm just that way about anything, like... I like to do things or participate things like for the spirit of it, like the, the spirit of participating and doing it, not to just make a couple quick bucks or whatever off of it. Even when it comes to like, I don't know, fashion, anything like that. Like when I get dressed up, I like to get dressed up just because I like to get dressed up, not because I want people to look at me, not because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to profit off of anything or, or anything like that. Like g- give me your take on it. Is that something that, this, do you see that and does it annoy you and bother you too or do you think who cares what's being done as long as more people are being exposed to it yeah it's a that's a really great question and a really interesting observation um, I, I guess for myself what I would say is that you know I grew up in a, a fairly traditional family in the sense that what you looked like, what you said, how you behaved, all those things were like, you know, tied to the family name. And so there's a certain amount of rigidity in that thinking. Mm-hmm. And I am so thankful now that I really do have the capability in many ways, I would say in most of my life, to see two different or three different or multiple different ways of seeing something. So for me, I I guess I would say maybe a little bit of all of it. I would love nothing more than for every child in the world to learn how to sit and meditate and do a few yoga poses. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Right, for sure. And I would love nothing more than for more... Um, athletes to embrace yoga, etc. And at the same time, I realize that it's not for everybody. And that when I share my enthusiasm and passion, sometimes I get blank stares. <laughs> and that's okay to do, right? right. And, and they kind of get it as, as like, you know, some witchcraft sort of like, how do you get all those benefits out of, you know, a warrior too? I mean, that looks really silly shouldn't you be doing X, Y, or Z, right? And so from a purist perspective, I think on the scale, you'll find that there are places where you can embrace that and those places are wonderful and they have their, um, they're adding to the yoga community and then the downside of them is that they're not accessible. For so sure. if you think of the first time you experienced yoga through the filter of an athlete, and you had gone to an extremely esoteric studio where you were expected to have some kind of understanding of yogic theory, you'd probably feel pretty uncomfortable and you may not go back again. Right. So I believe there's a place for different approaches and I also believe that um, the monetary aspect of things, I think that if we as consumers Um, put our money where our mouth is, that's the best thing that each one of us can do. So much like you, I try to be very conscious about where I buy from, who I buy from, you know, local businesses if I can. I try to look at ethical manufacturing. I, um, I am the brand ambassador for a couple of different yoga brands. Right. And 
that criteria goes into it absolutely and I, I don't want to pick on any of the major ones but I don't buy them um, I don't buy them because I, I don't want something manufactured in a sweatshop by a kid and that just doesn't appeal to me I, I would much rather know that the fabric was ethically sourced that they're using the whole entire ream and they're not throwing out the end scraps and the dyes are mostly ethically produced and it's somebody in Canada or the United States that I could actually go visit and see them sewing the garment. And I am willing to pay more for that. Right. I'm willing to own less, pay more, and support that. Um, but not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that or cares. For sure. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering your take on it because like I said, I, I can't... I can't call myself a purist. I, uh, you know what I mean. Like I'm just one of those. It's just like, why we always gotta mess something up good? You know what I mean. You know how we do. We do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We do everything in excess over here. You know what I mean. So it's just like, yeah, like cool. Like I don't care about people making money off of stuff like that. But to me, there's like there's always a limit or there's always a line, and we always like yeah. jump twenty yards past that line. It's like, come on now. Like, can we? Can yeah. we? Can we, you know, each to, to 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 each their own? Can we can we do our own thing and everybody be happy with it without disrespecting it or the purpose of it at the same time? And so I was kind of wonder. I know how I can be with that, which is why I wanted to right. a- answer the question because I also want to like make sure that I'm not always like on a soapbox and I'm keeping myself in check about that because, like you said, there are different ways to be able to look at these type of things. And every now and then, I can be very like. I can develop tunnel vision. That's just one of my things. My, my, my focus is one of my greatest strengths, but it can also be a weakness because sometimes you get so you get that laser sharp focus and you're unable to use your peripheral vision and see things coming from different sides. Every, every now and then that, that happens to me. Yeah. Well, I, I would 100% agree with you that what a strength and skill that is to be able to focus on something um, that is probably why you've been so successful in athletics and in other areas. And to your point, there are times where you have to be able to see the peripheral. For you know, for yoga in particular, in terms of like popularity and that sort of thing, one of the things that my personal opinion is that the practice of yoga has been around for so Centers. long yeah. that that. This is just simply a current iteration of a, a, a collection of thinking and physical practice that will continue on long after you and I are dead and gone. Right. And it may take on different forms, but it works. And so something that works will typically continue to survive beyond the people that are influencing it. It'll move on to the next people. For sure. Um, so I, I, I don't know if there's anything we could do to necessarily, like, paint it, right? Um, it's just up to us to make choices based on, you know, what kind of studio do we like? Do we want smaller classes? Do we want a million classes a day? Do we... There are lots of different ways to, to look at it. And um, I, I'm a little bit like you, so I, I have worked very hard to keep the focus but also to allow the peripheral as well and it sounds like you're you're definitely on that that journey so congratulations that's real it's a really fun one to be on because boy when you start seeing all the different possibilities that are out there 
it gets exciting. It, it, it definitely is. So, so one more real big question for you, because like I said, I don't want to keep you too long. But so let's say somebody comes up to you who has never um, participated uh, in yoga before. Matter of fact, they're a naysayer, they're a doubter, um, but they're willing to give it a shot just to see what all the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. Navigate for me, or show me how you would help them navigate that and get started. Um, in a way that you could see them, A, seeing the benefits of it, but wanting to come back for more. Sure. I mean, that's a really, really tough question because, as you said before, um, I would just paraphrase it a little differently. People are going to do what they want to do. Right. So, changing someone's mind about something is... um, requires that person to have a little bit of an openness to wanting their mind to be changed. It's like uh, entering into a political conversation and you know you have really, really different opinions or a conversation about religion or whatever the big topics are. You know, the first question that I usually ask someone is, what would it take for you to change your mind on that topic? Nice, nice. I kind of feel like that That kind of... Um that fits somewhat in my philosophy uh, when I'm trying when I'm you know having a similar conversation with somebody I always say my um, again people are going to do what they want so my my job is to actually not do the work for you and to not change you my job is to plant the seed and if you want to you'll be the one who will foster the growth yeah yeah exactly I mean you you, you said it perfectly there. People have to do the work themselves. And so you can start with the question like, what would it take, mm-hmm. you know, for you to change your mind? What what benefit, like, and then I, I would ask something like, you know, let's just suspend disbelief for a moment and say you thought it might help you. What would you love to gain out of it? What, what would be something that would bring joy to your life or or improve your life and allow them to share with me maybe it's i'm tired maybe it's i'd like to lose weight maybe it's you know there could be a lot of things that come out from a really open question that doesn't put my filter through it right right? because my experience could be totally the opposite of what someone else's experience and they don't really care about you know what i care about in the yoga practice So for me, it would be first understand what that person really is believing is the obstacle for yoga being a a good choice and what would they need to see. And then I could give them guidance to the areas where they really felt like maybe they needed it. And I'll give you a specific example. Like if someone said, yoga is too calm for me. I don't, you know, I don't think that that would work for me. I really want a good workout. Well, I'd put them in a really hard, hot yoga class where they're sweating a bit and give them some guidance on how to manage that. And that might be the way that they get in. They go, oh, you can get like, like that was really hard. I, I got like the best workout I've ever had in my life in those 60 minutes. I've never experienced anything like that. Right. Or um, maybe if they were looking for something not fast paced, put in more, put them in more of a restorative yoga class, more focused exactly. on meditation. Yeah. Right. And, and I, and I would start there probably. Okay. Hmm. That's a, 
I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that take or that approach because I've I've mentioned it to to some other folks that I know, um, and I have a you know a, a myriad or dearth of you know different friends from all walks of life and stuff, and some who are already practitioners who already take part in it and really enjoy it, and some who kind of look at it as like whatever you know not something I would do, and I've always kind of try to for those who kind of look at it as like a whatever type of deal just kind of like throwing it out there to them oh, you should give it a shot so you know just to see what it's like or whatnot um just kind of half-hearted kind of throw it out there because it, again they're gonna if they actually want to try it they'll try it but it was just kind of something yeah. that you know for somebody who's been into it as long as you have um and run into you know you've traveled a lot and run into so many different individuals I kind of wondered what your approach would be as far as getting people or engaging more folks in it. Um, because again, yeah. again, you know, it has been a, it is a pra- it is a proven practice that has so many different benefits and brings so much to different people's lives on a, not only a physical, but uh, mental and emotional level that, I mean, ultimately in a grand scheme of things, like I would love to see different components of it. Um, and all walks of life. I just think overall, um, as as a as a as a you know a group of people that we would start to see see a lot of different positive changes, especially living in such a a time and a place of give it to me now, instant gratification, high stress, all work, no re- I'm not gonna say no play, but no relaxation type of lifestyles that we live over here in America, and I, you know, like I said, li- you know, being somebody who works in chronic disease prevention, as well as well as child and maternity, uh, 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 child and maternal health work, you know, I'll tell you right now, some of the 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 number one causes or reasons for a lot of our chronic diseases and illnesses and stuff like that. You know, we got inflammation and things like that. that a lot of people know about, and and eating habits, but stress, stress is such a huge yeah. part of that that people don't think about. And, you know, yoga and the different, you know, concepts or principles of it are just a huge, huge, huge weapon in, in addressing, addressing stress. I 100% agree with that and everything that you said in terms of, to me, stress is the, probably the biggest epidemic of right now. And it manifests in so many ways. And I'm not saying people aren't living real challenges. We are living real challenges. For sure. Um, but our but our stress over those challenges it's is killing what, us. Is what causes all the damage. Right. right? Uh, you're going to have them no matter what you do. Right. It's like there's a there's an ancient you know there's a, a Haitian proverb that is behind every mountain is a mountain. So it, it's not about you know sitting down you you know you're going to scale one and then you're going to scale another and then you're going to scale another right right so it, it's preparing yourself to manage those peaks and valleys without the stress is really important and i do believe yoga can help with that and and i would say for myself without being um dramatic about it but i really believe yoga has saved my life and it, it has given me a physical fitness level unparalleled to any point in my 20s, and I'm in my 40s, and I've never been fitter. Um, I believe certainly that um, I am much more calm in all of my interactions that I have. 
and able to see different points of view without it um, feeling like it's somehow um, jeopardizing my own point of view or making me feel insecure. Um, I'm much better at witnessing people as they are. Um, I, I certainly would credit the practice of yoga with the ability to do those things in the rest of my life, 100%. That's awesome. And, and I, I think I've started to see some of those changes within myself. And I'm definitely looking to see a lot more of those changes. Um, just like I said, because I've just I've seen seen some of those benefits. And, you know, anytime I see I'm just the type of person, anytime I encounter anything that's been beneficial to my life, my, you know, my sanity, my health, it's, it's been something that I wanted to take part of, part in. Um, I would first and foremost, uh, you know, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and uh, taking part in this interview. Um, is there, you know, any anything else that you want to say before we, you know, we cut the interview short? Um, maybe you want to tell people how to get a hold of you, subscribe to your online magazine, um, get yeah. a hold of your social media. <laughs> That would be great. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I would love to chat any other time about yoga and every other way that it has impacted my life and yours. So very happy to do that at any point. I have uh, several ways that you can find me on social media. My main fitness handle on Instagram is Freya Soul Yoga. Uh, that's spelled Freya, F-R-E-Y-A, the word soul, S-O-U-L, and yoga all together. Um, I also have a food handle called Carbnivores because I believe in balanced eating um, as an omnivore. So you can follow me on my, on my food handle. And my magazine is called Nurir, which means to nourish. And it's spelled N-O-U-R-R-I-R-M-A-G.com. And I'm going to be relaunching that in the fall, uh, the focus of the magazine is all about living our fullest life today by telling the stories that inspire you to live your life by your rules. So I'm thrilled. Uh, feel free to reach out, follow. I follow back. Um, it's all about community. So I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here and I'd be back anytime. Thank you so much. So you, you all heard it. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of her, you know, engage in some more conversation, ask any more questions of her, um, please reach out to her via those uh, social media handles. Um, subscribe to that online magazine. Um, if you, you know, enjoyed the show, um, have any more questions for me, you know, that you can reach me, uh, e you know, email me at chilltimepod at gmail.com or find me on the Instagram handle at chilltimepod. Um, as always, I appreciate you all for supporting and listening. Um, if you, for those who, you know, have been longtime listeners, if you are a new listener, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope that you continue to listen and to, and to support. And you can also find us on pretty much uh, any uh, podcast hub or uh, streaming service that there is out there and if you have the time to please leave me a review so thank you have a great you know morning afternoon evening and i am out
Shine.